0: Hello, Kingsfield Zurich. Uh, I am excited to be able to share uh, the message with you uh, this weekend. Um very much uh, excited uh, for what God uh, wants to do and anticipating that. Uh, I wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, do a little bit further introduction. I know last Sunday uh, was briefly introduced. Uh, I just want to say that my wife Rhonda and myself, with my three daughters Kristen, Jada, and Selena, uh, live in Baden. Uh, So we live, uh, you know, a couple kilometers away from the school where I have the opportunity to minister with Youth Unlimited. And uh, again, uh, thank you to Wilmot Center for allowing me to use uh, their facility to record this today. And uh, again, uh, excited to see what God has for us and how God is going to move as we worship together. Uh, As I uh, share the message uh, for today... I wanted to start off by asking a question. Who is the most influential person you have ever met? I know uh, some of you may remember back in the glory days of 92 and 93 when the Blue Jays uh, did some extraordinary things. And uh, you might also recall on October uh, the 23rd of 1993 in the ninth inning when Joe Carter hit his home run, his three-run home run that gave the Blue Jays their second consecutive World Series title. Um, I, I, I'm sure you can likely see in your mind's eye as he danced around those bases. Uh, he looked like a little, uh, a little child or a, a giddy little goat in the springtime. <laughs> and as he was running around uh, those bases, uh, Tom Cheek saying, Touch them all, Joe. You will never hit another home run like this. An amazing occurrence and uh, a a year later in the summer of 1994 my wife and I uh, along with Doug and Janelle Wenger had uh, gone to uh, Canada's Wonderland and enjoyed a day there and we decided on the way back that we wanted to uh, stop in uh, downtown Toronto Uh, we planned on going to the spaghetti factory uh, because we'd uh, been told it was quite quite an extraordinary uh, restaurant and as we were driving, looking for uh, parking, which is an issue for anyone who's ever been downtown Toronto, um, I, I looked out the window and I said, guys, that's Joe Carter. Guys, that's Joe Carter. And um, so uh, my, my friend who was driving uh, circled around again that same block while I was madly looking for something for Joe Carter to sign. And, and I asked them to, uh, to uh, let me out. And so I got out and I walked up to Joe Carter. I went, Joe? Joe Carter, and he's like, "Yes." (laughs) I could tell, uh, you know, it wasn't a warm reception that I that I had that day. Uh, He was with his wife. Uh, It looked like they were maybe waiting for uh, their cab to pick them up, so they could go out to eat uh, and and enjoy their evening together. So he looked a little perturbed (laughs) to have this gangly twenty-two-year-old, you know, standing there in his way in that moment. Um, but I said, can I shake your hand? And I remember shaking his hand. He had these massive hands and of course, uh, had his, uh, his rings, uh, you know, on those hands. Um, but for me, that was one of the, one of those moments where I encountered someone who, you know, everybody knew. (laughs) And, uh, it's interesting because even a couple uh, students from Waterloo-Oxford, uh, the school where I work, uh, they work at local uh, you know, Tim Hortons, and there's been moments where Justin Bieber has gone through uh, the drive through And I know one of the young ladies in particular didn't even realize, didn't recognize it was Justin Bieber until someone said something to her later. And I think all of us uh, you know, have those moments where we meet someone who is famous, some sort of celebrity, and uh, you know, get pretty excited about that. But of course, I'm not here to talk about celebrities today, I'm, I'm here to talk about Jesus. And, and we're going to uh, take a look at a portion of scripture in John chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there. And uh, uh, again, the very beginning of chapter 4, we see that you know, Jesus is experiencing some opposition from the Pharisees. And as a result, he decides to travel back to Galilee. Well, the reality is, to get back to Galilee, he had to travel uh, through Samaria. And uh, he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Uh, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Okay, This is where we're going to begin in verse 7. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, And as worshippers, must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called the Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the gospel accounts that reveal to us and show us and, and, and impart to us the words of Jesus. And his actions, how we interacted with people. God, I thank you for this specific portion of scripture. Where God, we see that this woman who came looking for water, looking to meet a physical need that she had, came away with so much more. And Father, I pray that Lord, as we come into this weekend together, that God, as we came with whatever anticipation or expectation that we had, that God, you would do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Father, I trust you. (laughs) I cling to you, God. And Lord, I pray that out of me would flow rivers of living water. That, God, you would bring encouragement. That, Lord, you'd bring revival, Lord, to our hearts and to our souls. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, it's interesting for me, uh, you know, as I share this message with you. I was just commenting to my family that, uh, you know, this is so different than what I would typically do. Typically I would drive to a congregation, I would meet some people beforehand, I would talk with the pastor, we would have some time to pray, and then I would stand, you know, in front of whatever the size the congregation would be. So this is a little bit different. (laughs) It kind of felt a little strange, you know, even now, you know, without seeing, you know, the faces... But uh, again, I'm so thankful for God's ability and His grace. His grace is sufficient for us. And uh, so as I share this message, I want to share a bit of my own personal story. Because in this moment, we see the Samaritan woman who has a powerful encounter with Jesus Christ. It's obvious as we read this story that she was not aware of who this man was, right? Here's Jesus who is bringing a revolution. Here is Jesus who is touching people's lives. People are being forever changed as they encounter him, but this woman was not aware of this. And so she uh, begins this this dialogue with Jesus and discovers who he truly is. And I know from my own life I've had multiple times where I've had distinct encounters with Jesus, where he has spoken a word of truth into my life, or he has brought a revelation. I know a number of weeks back I I watched uh, as Pastor Ryan uh, shared his message and talking about walls that divide us. Right, I've had those moments in my life where uh, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit I became aware of a wall. Something that hindered me from experiencing the fullness that God had for me. And so I'm going to actually share with you uh, one of those uh, experiences in my own life. And I pray that, as it is shared, it would bring encouragement to you. And maybe, you know, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit uh, may illuminate an area in your life. Maybe something that has hindered you. Something that has been an obstacle for you to walk in the fullness of God's calling and anointing in your life. So for me, it was almost five years ago to the day. I remember in that season, typically uh, in May, it's a very busy time. It would have been uh, right now if I was at Waterloo-Oxford, if I was coaching track and field, uh, as I was doing ministry. And it was one of those seasons, I remember the weekend before I had gone to pitch and praise, I was exhausted. Typical. (laughs) And I remember uh, the Wednesday before going to Southland Church in, in Manitoba, I remember sharing with the youth on that Wednesday night and saying, would you guys pray for me? I feel like God wants me to go to this church for uh, this renewal meeting. Uh, They have this set free retreat that you are part of. But everything in me, my flesh was tired. I was so tired. I was like, I don't want to go away for a weekend. I want to stay at home. (laughs) So that gives you a backdrop in terms of where I was at at that time. And I remember one of the youth as they prayed for me. They prayed, God, I pray that you would open Jason's heart. That he would hear the word that you would have for him. And I remember it standing out for me. And so I went into this, you know, as tired as I was. I remember we left early in the morning on the Friday. I believe it was around May the 25th of 2015. And, uh, you know, traveled to the airport, boarded the plane, uh, landed in Winnipeg, traveled to Southland Church outside of Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, the, we uh, got registered there. Um, we, we started to get involved in their Set Free Retreat. And I remember it was powerful, right? We, uh, they had teachers that were speaking to us. They were talking about the importance of confession and walking through forgiveness and God's healing for past hurts. It was a really powerful time. And after each session, we'd get into triads where we would share with two other people we had never met before and talk about the things that God was revealing to us. There was opportunity for confession and prayer together. And I remember going through those first two days, and it was very powerful and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, confessing areas of sin in my own life, uh, you know, things even have, uh, sins from past generations that I was aware of in my family and uh, worked through a number of those things. And uh, on the Sunday morning, we attended a, a service together. I remember it was impactful as uh, as the pastor, you know, talked about his faith journey. But I remember getting back to the hotel on the Sunday evening, and you know it had been an action-packed bunch of days, and, and the travel, etc., and I was just really tired. And my wife and I, my wife had traveled there with me, uh, went to bed at a good time, and I remember uh, you know at about 1 o'clock in the morning, I just suddenly woke up. And in that moment, I was like, this is strange, that's not normal for me and i wasn't able to fall back asleep so in that time i started to reflect and i'm like god i feel like i'm missing something you know i thought back to even the prayer of that youth you know it was like that that having this uh, this understanding that god wanted to reveal something to me so i said god what am i missing You know, and and, uh, all of a sudden I felt like like God was just reminding me and playing some of the tape of my past. and, And I would come to situations and opportunities and I would often look at all that I didn't have right? I wouldn't look at, you know, maybe I had this qualification, or I had this training, or there was some kind of you know, a thing that I had to offer I wouldn't look at any of those things, instead I'd look at all the reasons why I wouldn't be able to do it, why I wouldn't be qualified for the task, you know, even when I started with Youth Unlimited um, you know, I remember really battling a lot of insecurities and doubt right? It's like, can I really do this? I'm 30 years old, what what youth is going to want to hang out with a 30 year old, right? I looked around at younger guys who had skateboard cool tats, you know, all these things. And I'm like, why would any young person want to spend time with me, right? And so God was just revealing and reminding me that I'd had this, this, this broken record playing in my mind of you're not good enough. You're lacking. You don't have what it takes. And see, it was interesting because the Set Free Retreat, we had learned in those two days how to break our agreement with a lie and how to accept the truth that God wanted to reveal to us. So in that moment, I did that very thing that I had been challenged to do. I broke my agreement. I said, God, I break my agreement with the lie that says I don't have what it takes. I break my agreement with the lie that says that I am lacking. And so after I had done that, you know, I just said, God, well, what do you say? That was the other thing. It's like, okay, so replace the lie with truth. And I said, God, what do you say? What do you say about me, God? And, uh, you know, I, I was there and I remember there was an old song that began to, uh, to, to play in my mind. And I can't even actually think of what that song was now. But uh, uh, as that happened, I really felt like God spoke to my heart and said, Jason, you lack truth nothing. And I'm like, wow. You know, going from this place of always looking at all that I was lacking, being able to focus on the things that were missing, to go to this place where God would say to me, as a child of God, as his son, that I lack nothing. In the picture, God works, he speaks to me in pictures, and I thought of it as a child. When I walked with my father, when I walked hand in hand with my father, every resource that my father had, It was mine. (laughs) If I needed something, if we were at a store and I really wanted candy or something like that, all I had to do was ask my dad who had finances, who had a wallet with cash in it, and it was provided for. I myself didn't have the ability, but when I was with my dad, everything that was his was mine. It was powerful. And so I got up in the morning and I remember sharing with my wife this revelation that I had. And as I spent some time uh, quietly, I came upon this verse. And I'll tell you something. This has changed. This has revolutionized my life. And it says this. In Psalm 34, verses 9 and 10, it says, Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. Nothing. The lions grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And I want to tell you, that has revolutionized my life. That has changed my perspective. You know, I have gone from this place, and you know, it's not that you get cocky. It's not where it's this, suddenly I have what it takes, I have all that's necessary. There's a a gentleman by the name of Todd White, and he talks of Godfidence. Right? That's what I attribute it to. Right? Even opportunities like this. Other opportunities that have come my way since that time. I don't look at all the reasons why I don't qualify. (laughs) I don't look at all the reasons why I don't have what it takes. I look at it and say, God, if you are opening this door, if you are calling me to it, then you will anoint me for the task. And even today, as I, you know, a couple hours before this, it was just like, God, (laughs) this is weird. I've never done this before. I've never done, um, you know, a a recorded message. This feels so strange, no one, you know, to be speaking to, because I'm a very relational person. And yet, I watch God once again, and even now, God has never let me down. God has never let me down. He, he tends to draw us and bring us to things that require more than what we have the ability to do. But he does that so that we cannot boast except we boast in the Lord. <laughs> you know, and the reality is, as, as I share this message, um, you know, I, I understand and I recognize, you know, this woman, as we look back at that portion in John 4, right? Jesus was not expected to talk to her, right? She would never have anticipated, in fact, she was wondering, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me? A woman and a Samaritan woman. And I think sometimes we can have those same thoughts. You know, I was actually uh, meeting with a young man, of course, we socially distance and everything else, but this young man shared with me that he feels distant from God. There was a time in his life where he was passionately pursuing God and he was on fire and he's sharing with me and he's saying, Jason, you know, I'm not there right? There's something lacking, there's something missing, and he was sharing with me, you know, some of the lies that he's believing, right? He's too far gone, he's messed up too much, right? And, and, I, and again, I had the opportunity to proclaim God's truth and his word, right? When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness, right? We can come before the, the, the throne of grace and mercy, we can come before it boldly because of the finished work of Jesus, See, I don't know where you're at today. I know I've talked with a lot of people who are struggling in this season. The uncertainty, right? People have lost jobs. There are all kinds of things. You're you're likely, very likely, um, your life has been turned upside down. I've only heard from some uh, introverted people in particular who are like, yeah, I actually don't mind this. This is kind of the same old, same old, right? But for the majority of the population, our life has been turned upside down. Right, I know that that's brought uncertainty, unrest, there's challenges that we might be facing. And what I have found is often in these moments where things are not going as I had planned, where I step into um, something that God has called me to, but maybe there's uncertainty or there's even fear as I step into it. Those are the moments where I seem to come face to face with my heart. The reality is, is I believe we're in a season where God is pushing a reset. Right? It is so easy to get caught up in our forms, in our traditions, and lose sight of the whole point and the whole purpose, which is to know God, <laughs> right? that we would know Him more, that we would grow in understanding, not knowing more about Him, but knowing Him intimately. And I believe that in this season, in this time, even as I shared my own story, maybe there are some of you who have had that lie play over and over, this broken record that you're not good enough. Maybe there was a situation that happened in your past and you don't understand why it took place and you find yourself holding back. You're reserved as you come before God. Well, I'm here to share this message of hope, this message of encouragement. Because I'm here to tell you that God loves you, that God sees you, that in this moment where many people are having you know, concerns and struggling, that there's actually the ability in this time for God to reset us, for God to revive us, for God to refresh us, for God to restore us. And I believe that that is God's heart for us today. The reality is, as we read in James 5, that's another scripture that was really meaningful as I began to walk out what God had done in my life in that hotel room at 1 o'clock in the morning. This scripture has become uh, very significant in my life. And it's from uh, James 5. And James 5, uh, verse 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. As I prepared for this opportunity. I really felt on my heart that God wants to do some healing work. Right, the reality is is that we go through challenges and difficulties in our life, and I know from my own personal experience. I grew up in a home where my father, you know, uh, you know, he wasn't very open about his feelings and what he'd experienced. And I love my dad. This isn't in any way to dishonor him, but I'm sharing personally from my story because maybe you grew up in a home. Where it wasn't encouraged to share. <laughs> you know, maybe actually in times where you felt like the old adage of seen and not heard was used in your home. Maybe there were times where you tried to share, you tried to be open about what you were going through. And you found that there was just a hesitancy. Maybe they were uncomfortable, they didn't know how to do, you know, didn't know what to do with that information. The reality is, is there is incredible power in confession. God, in the last four years, has brought me from a place of suppressing things to actually beginning, I've got um, you know, people in my life that I trust, that I reach out to. If I'm having a tough day, I now reach out to six, seven, eight people and say, Hey, could you pray for me? It has revolutionized my life. And so for you, maybe there's a lie that you've been battling. Maybe there's been a situation that you experienced in your life that you feel like ever since that time, you struggle to come to God. You feel like somehow he's going to let you down. Somehow somehow he's going to disappoint you. Somehow you're not good enough. That this thing in your past has defined you. I'm here to share that Jesus has come. And he, just like the Samaritan woman, he comes and he says, I offer you this drink, (laughs) right? Because what happens sometimes is when we're in these places, we start to try to drink other things, right? We fill our time, we medicate these various things that we do because of this ache in our heart. Jesus wants to come and offer you the living water so that you would be able to experience him fully and in a deeper level. In this time, I I believe that God wants to bring healing and restoration to his people. I'm just going to uh, finish with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity and for this time. God, I thank you for your incredible love for us. God, I thank you that you care for us and that you woo us to yourself. I think of Psalm 23, that God, your heart is to lead us beside the still waters for us to be restored, God. Lord, you know every member of this congregation. And God, I pray for those that are struggling right now, Lord, with the uncertainty of this season. Lord, I pray for those, God, who with this time and having more time to think, their minds have been drawn to the lies that they believe. Well, Lord, this is a divine appointment right now. And Lord, I pray that courage would rise. Lord, I pray that faith would rise in the hearts of these dear and precious individuals. That, Lord God, this would be a day of freedom. That, Lord, they would find that trusted individual. Lord, thank you for the leadership at Kingsfield, Zurich. Lord, thank you for the heart that they have, the desire that they have to see um, the congregation walk, Lord, in freedom and life and healing and truth. And so, Lord, I thank you that the opportunity is there. And, Lord, from Revelation 3, we see where, Jesus, you stand at the door and you knock. And if anyone opens the door, that you come in to commune with them. So, Lord, I decree freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I decree that, Lord, this would be a time of of healing and restoration. Lord, for people to break down walls. as, as, As Pastor Ryan shared several weeks back, Lord, Lord, would you remove the walls. And, Lord, we decree that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, God bless you. Uh, May God be moving and working in your heart and soul, and may you respond to his gentle call. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.